I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Real spoilers powered by reviewstl.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 450. Oh! Or if you want to be casual, 450. 450. Uh, <laughs> deep fried tacos. They're back. I mean, They're what back. a perfect milestone for the return of this. That is pretty good. Uh, do you know that this is our fifth deep fried taco? I I do know that because I had to go back through and figure out what I had picked. Yeah. So four fifty. <laughs> it's our fifth. I mean, this is fitting. We're yeah. almost to five hundred. We're so. getting there. Yeah. It's fitting. It's fitting. <laughs> Jeez. Well, speaking of that, remember, so we've done four other. Ones. I can only think of. Three deep fried tacos. I was in the same I boat. I could only remember three, but I had to go back through and look yeah. at, listen briefly. To yeah, what I, I went back and listened to and found four <laughs> others. So. Yeah, I guess uh, before we get too far afield, let's go around the table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Paul. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Just quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts. You can go there, rate, review, subscribe. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. And of course, our Patreon account at patreon.com slash real spoilers. So, uh, we haven't done one of these for a while, so I feel we should uh, define for people what a deep fried taco is. So a deep fried taco, for those of you that are unfamiliar, is a bad movie, but not a bad movie that you enjoy because it's bad, like a Plan 9 from Outer Space, but a bad movie that you enjoy despite the fact that it's bad, or a movie that you th- that you might know objectively is bad, but you think everyone else is wrong, right. and they should love it. Like, The Room wouldn't count. Everyone laughs at The Room because you know it's bad, right. and it's so bad that it's good, it turns around. Right. Like, that's not what that's we're not talking this. about. We're talking about movies that, we, that are critically reviled. Yes. And you love them anyway, and you might be alone or virtually alone in your love for that film. Right. So, right. there we go. So, uh, who would like to begin? I guess I'll do. Okay. I'll go. I'm a kid of the, technically of the 90s, but I grew up. Let's see the birth on, certificate. Uh, you don't need to see it. Oh. Uh, I Long grew up form. On, yeah. <laughs> I grew up on a steady diet of 80s action movies. Uh, that was my jam growing up. The, and then it, you know, when I started was to like sneak into getting to see like the rated R ones. Right. Like, that was the money. Like that was the good stuff. What was your first rated R movie you remember seeing? Ooh, Basic Instinct. 
Wow, you went straight wow. to the yeah. you went straight to the deep end of yeah, the pool. That was uh, you didn't even go through my tutor. Nope, I saw we were private school spending the night in Andrew Shaw's house. Oh, mm-hmm. shout out to Andrew. Andrew, I don't. He probably doesn't listen. He was the first family I remember having like HBO. Right. So like we were watching and Skinamax. Uh, no, well, did no. he have that too? I don't. Maybe, but I mean, it was he basic had the instinct, whole he had so, the whole cable package. Yeah. Come on. Uh, and I remember <laughs> Basic Instinct was on, and like it came on right at that. It started in that first murder, and I was just like, well, we're watching this, because I don't know what's happening, but I like it. My first one I remember is RoboCop. All right. What about you guys? First radar movie you can remember seeing. Well, they didn't have radar movies no. when Paul was a kid. That's correct. Yeah. Like, I was just sitting there. I'm like, Paul can't play this game. No. Wait a minute. There was no MPAA? Like, So they had an M, but even that was... That, that, they didn't start till the late 60s. Yeah. And then they had... Um, an M, and that later became X. Right. Which is why Midnight Cowboy, Midnight Cowboy right? was rated X, the only X-rated movie ever to win oh, Best Picture at the yeah. Oscars. Yeah. So I, I knew that, but so X was before R even existed? Is and, what you're saying? No, so it, went M, no. to, so it went from M to R. Th- there was M, and then they decided they needed a whole way to classify films. Oh, okay. Because previously, you just didn't make movies like right, that. Right, right, right. And and you had, like, what, like the Hayes Code Well, that was in the like 30s that. and yeah. 40s. But then the MPAA decided okay. that they needed ratings. They, need, they needed to have some sort of spectrum. Sure. You know? So, so it, they came out with it was G, P, G, R, and X. Yeah. Actually, and then, P, G wasn't there even at the beginning. Oh really? Yeah. Well, what the, it so was the, just G R restricted and X. That makes okay. sense. So you have all audiences, adults, and then dirty movies. Right. I mean, right. You know, well, well, see, I know movies, it's not yeah. dirty. They, I just mean well, that. Yeah. Well, they became explicit. It became dirty movies. Yeah. Like it wasn't designed for that. The problem was the MPAA they copyrighted or trademarked right. every rating except for X. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so then the porn industry seized on the fact that that wasn't copyrighted because they were like, well, we don't know that we want to associate ourselves with having oh. copyrighted X-rated films. Now, but X-rated wasn't like this this shorthand for porn like it is now. Sure. Right? It became one because they didn't copyright yeah. it. Then anyone... So you can't call your movie... You can't just say my movie's R-rated. Right. Like, you have to go get their permission, right? Yeah. And, but when they didn't copyright the X, anyone could say their movie was X-rated, oh. which is why you started and seen permutations like triple X. I was right. wondering, because like, right. I thought, I mean, they obviously seized the XXX. Right. Like, even, I mean, it's even pornier. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Like, there isn't like, you know, oh, did you see Dumbo? Yeah, it was triple G. <laughs> right. It was so wholesome. It was so wholesome. It was yeah. over the top wholesome. So it's it just a marketing gimmick for them to say, well, it's triple X. Yeah. And right. then once it's the so por- bad. And then once the porn world seized on it, well, now they really, they couldn't copyright it. Sure. And even though it was still a, a classification that they would technically use, then at that point, Hollywood was like, Absolutely not. It was the kiss of death to have your movie be an X yeah. because it just meant porn to the so average that's consumer. Right. NC-17 so is then, and I guess in the eighties, was it the mid eighties that NC seventeen yeah. came yeah. in to be, yeah. and uh, which was their way of kind of recognizing that there were some movies that were harder than R, but they weren't porn. Yeah. And but you still had like you know no, I don't know if it's changed, but no major theater chain would show an NC-17 movie. Uh, Blockbuster wouldn't rent no, an NC-17 rent. film. Right. Hmm. You know, they'd, have, they'd have a Blockbuster cut. Right. They, yeah. That's what they would do. They, oh, would, they, right, would, right. they would get edited versions. And isn't that why sometimes they would do unrated cuts? Because unrated is the stuff they had to cut to make it R. So technically, 
I mean, they didn't get it rated, but that would be the stuff would it be. Yeah, I don't know if that was an end run around that because uh, unrated it also just means they just didn't submit it to yeah. the MPAA. But, board of but a lot of but movie theaters would not run unrated movies. Right. Oh, right. right. No, no. For, that's why they do it on home video mostly. Yes. But MPAA has a rule. So, like, if you get the unrated cut on DVD or Blu-ray, you're getting the stuff they cut out to make it R in the theaters. But to adhere to their rating system, you have to wait, like, one or two months before releasing an unrated cut as yeah. to not undermine, like, you know, oh, we went through this process and got an R, but really, here's the version, and now I've got a rating and another ver- Like, yeah. there's a no, you're ruling, right. yeah. You're, and when did PG-13 come in? Was that Raiders? No, uh, Jaws. It was, it was, no. It was Gremlins, Jaws, and Raiders were, like, the it three. Was, it was... Not Raiders, it was Temple of Temple Doom. Temple of Doom. So yeah. oh, Gremlins and Temple of Doom kind of came out in pretty close proximity. Yeah. But it was Temple of Doom that was really like, people were like, we need another Whoa. rating. <laughs> when he's when you're taking your kids to a kid's movie and he's face they're, melting. they're ripping someone's no, heart from some, their chest. Face, face melting is... Uh, that's Raiders. That's but, Raiders. Uh, but, they, but that they, was part of but it. But they rip a guy's heart out yeah. of his chest. Yeah. And then I think in Gremlins, it was the Gremlins in the microwave that yes. really upset well, people. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then Jaws, obviously, is... But well, Jaws, Jaws is, was Jaws before, was before You're that. talking almost 10 years prior. But yeah. I'm just saying like that... But what you're saying is Spielberg is responsible for the PG. We have PG-13. Yeah. Pushed yeah. the envelope, and, and then got a whole and the reason category. he pushed it is because people were saying, "Well, I can't take my kids, my teen, I won't, I can't let my teenagers go see that because it's rated R." Yeah. Well, wait a second. Teenagers should be able to see Temple of Doom when they're fifteen or sixteen. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. There we go. So, so, uh, and so then yeah. your first PG thirteen movie. Oh, I don't even know. Red Dawn. Oh, and, uh, oh the first PG. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and I, was then like, your, I have no idea. What mine and then was. your second PG thirteen movie, Night of the Comet. So Ooh, that's there a good you go. Movie. I like that movie. That yeah. that might be a deep fried taco. It, it could very well be. Yeah. So, like I said, grew up on the '80s. Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, Predator, all of that good stuff. One of the movies that I kept coming back to as a kid was a movie starring Carl Weathers. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. Kevin. Heard of him? Yeah, he's been around <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, it's called Action Jackson, <laughs> uh, f- starring Carl Weathers, Craig T. Nelson, Sharon Stone. And a plethora, a plethora of people from all of the movies I just named. So uh, the guy who was the Native American in Predator has a has a bit part in this movie. In this movie, the guy who was not Huey Lewis in Die Hard, who's working the front desk as the bad guys, has a bit part in this movie. Huh. Uh, Bill Duke, I think that's his name, mm-hmm. uh, is in this movie as well. He's the he's the guy. Uh, that is friends with Jesse Ventura in Predator. Hmm. Uh, so, like, they, there's all these... Um, and Carl Weathers was in Predator, so Carl that makes Weathers sense to have those yes, connections. Right. So, but there's Die Hard guys. There's mm-hmm. Rocky... One of the guys that plays Agent Johnson, the, the the white Agent Johnson from Die Hard, is in this movie. So it's just like everybody you would want uh, from those movies is in this. And basically, Carl Weathers plays a uh, disgraced Detroit detective who gets caught up in a... Uh, like murder plot, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. I saw the trailer recently. I've never seen the movie, but it, I was watch like, huh. the movie because it is it's Joel Silver who mm-hmm. is who is responsible for Die Hard and I believe Lethal Weapon as well. I think he produced that. I maybe think his so. name is synonymous with eighties action. This though. is a cocaine fueled eighties uh, action movie that has like some of the most over the top stunts that have no business being in a movie. So you're saying it wasn't just snowing during the movie. No, that was- no I think Joel still, well, may have been snowing just cocaine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but, and, and he was lethal weapon. Okay. Also the matrix. Oh, that's weird. I guess that makes sense though. Yeah. Uh, it, what the, the takeaway from this movie is I know I talked about showdown a little Tokyo, 
starring Brandon Lee and uh, Dolph Lundgren. Right. And the takeaway from that movie is like he Brandon Lee was going to be a megastar. Yes. Like there's no doubt in anybody's mind. You look at, at Rapid Fire, uh, The Crow, obviously. He was going to be a megastar. I feel like Carl Weathers should have been a megastar. Yeah. Carl Weathers should have been the biggest african-american he should have been the will smith of the 80s he should have been yeah. and he never made it and i don't know what happened and I, hollywood didn't know how to make a movie for him i guess that's yeah. true i mean he's you mean he, had his own he no i mean solo. legacy oh i mean like he should have been i mean, I mean he, rocky i mean that's he gets he gets through four movies and he uh, he's not the main character yeah that's what i mean he so should he should have been on the level of schwarzenegger yeah. and stallone and willis and he should have been there and this was their attempt to do that and he's great yeah like he's fun to watch he's he's you know in ridiculous shape uh he gets to make out with or he gets to uh he gets to make out with the 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 lead actress who now actually has passed away oh. uh the who oh, i can't remember better than the now yeah but it's also got a very 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 young sharon stone who obviously has dead no problem. This is one of those eighties movies where just like you're getting naked in this movie. Just by the way, it's the law. It's the law, right? And Sharon Stone had no problem. What a different <laughs> time we live in. <laughs> yeah, that's it's. It is interesting that they, you don't get the gratuitous nude scenes. What well, do you notice now? It's always men that are nude in movies. Yeah, right, right. It's just interesting. I'm, I'm not saying we've swung the other way. Yeah, if you will. I'm not saying like oh the eighties like nostalgia like those were the good old days. I'm just saying it's so different now. Yeah, and now it's like almost every movie it's like male nudity. It's always male ass right. when they're having sex. Even the know. one we did the other day, Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Totally. Yeah. It's it's like that's the new thing. And I mean, so I at least I can appreciate the way that at least. Like, I don't think they're swinging the other way in a bad way to where I'm like, oh, now men are getting the blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like they're kind of balancing it out and at least saying, hey, no, this is okay. Like, men can be nude, too. It's not just women. Like, fine. I think you just We're, don't see those sexy, titillating, male gaze type movies anymore. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of it's because they want that PG-13. Right. True. And, and this one did not care. Yeah. 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 Vanity is her name. Ah, she was she was the Warner Prince's uh, yes. acolytes. Yeah, she was uh, she was in the Last Dragon, which is another deep fried taco. But yeah, she's the main love interest in this one. But again, Sharon Stone could have couldn't have been more than twenty five. Like she looks like a million bucks. Uh, but it's just it's this great you know he he gets set up by Craig T Nelson, who I forget is such a great asshole because he doesn't play <laughs> sure. an asshole anymore. Like it's he's Mister Incredible or yeah. he's yeah. in Poltergeist. Like he's just not that guy anymore. Yeah, he used to. But he used to, and he was great. Like he's just chewing the bejesus out of some scenery. Uh, yeah, and I'm you know it's the, he he figures out the murder plot and wins. You know, and gets the Spoilers. girl. It's the, oh no, yeah, right, and gets the girl. <laughs> so nice. it's you know it, it's crazy pants. But the takeaway that I, again the takeaway is that Carl Weathers should have been an ultra mega star. He's a charismatic dude. He is. I mean, Arrested Development, Happy Gilmore, like he gets the comedic oh stuff gosh. as well, you know, so I mean, uh, Happy one Gil- of those 80s action movies, they always had that comedic element. You needed to you do had, both. Right, yeah. sure, exactly. And he can do it. He could have done and he did it, but he never made it and it's unfortunate. Like that dude should have been And this movie tripled its budget. I'm saying, like like it's not it's he in the 80s you didn't have African American action stars yeah you know it was a it was a white dude dominated genre 
So the fact that he was able to come out with this, and grant, like I said, he had Rocky. He doesn't make it through Predator, so it's not like that. Yeah. You know, that's not his well, movie. He didn't make it through the Rockies. Well, he made it through one, two, and three. <laughs> We've created a robot and harnessed his brain to bring him back. Right, and, and you did have the African American action stars, but they were in the seventies. The seventies, right. yeah, yeah. You had like Jim Brown, and you had Fred Williams, and you had you know those guys, Richard Roundtree, Richard Roundtree, Pam Greer, absolutely. And in By the, the way, 80s, I recently just watched Foxy Brown. It's great. For the first time since it came out. Jackie Brown or Foxy Brown? Foxy, Foxy Brown. Okay. Jackie Brown is a great movie. Foxy Brown is not a great movie. <laughs> and speaking of nudity, here she was, the star of the movie. Yeah. And, and she spends at least, I would say, 15 to 20% of that movie with her top off. Yep. Yes. Not that that's a bad that's thing, necessarily. But it was just the the plot of this movie was so stupid. You know that there had to be days on the set where people went, we're doing what? <laughs> <laughs> Is Jackie Brown the only movie Tarantino directed he didn't write? Did, did, he he not, create? did he not write? Isn't it well, based, it's based on an yeah. Elmore Leonard novel. Not oh. saying he didn't write the script for it, but, yeah. but it's, it's not. It's That's only probably. non-original uh, property. I mean, Django, there are other westerns with a character named Django, but he's a white dude. But I don't, Yeah, exactly. He's not. It's not adapted from No. Yeah. Well, I think it's his only make the argument that... You could make the argument that Reservoir Dogs is adapted. There's a lot of, oh. there's a, there's you could, yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff in that in that, it's, yeah. But he, yeah. but doesn't he fully admit his love? Of, I mean, he's yeah, paying but, homage to a well, lot Kill of Bill's different. the same way. Yeah, there's a lot of homages in Kill Bill. Totally. Yeah. I feel like he's not like like no, I didn't steal this. These are original ideas. He's like, I love all these movies, and I'm gonna mash up. He worked at a video store, and yeah, just you know. But yeah, Action Jackson. Huh. Uh, I think that they're. I've, I've never seen it. It's great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, I feel like how did this get made may have done an episode on it oh, in like really? the last two or three months, and that's what brought it back. Okay. So yeah, Action Jackson, starring Carl Weathers. Okay. Do it. I can go next. Okay, sure. I'm not going to bury the lead. This movie's bad. It has no right to be as funny as it is, but it is, and I guess it does because you know there's some funny people involved. It's Grandma's Boy. Oh. I think the movie's hilarious. I love it. I've, not, ne- I've never seen oh, it. I've never even heard of it. Oh, my. Yeah, it, it's not good. Uh, Kevin Nash is in it, so I don't know how you don't love it. Look, just because you're just because you have a wrestler in it doesn't make it. Well, you're good like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Kevin Nash, Super Shredder. Well, yeah, because that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, Grandma's Boy, uh, it's a Happy Madison production, you know, so it uses a lot of Sandler people. I mean, this movie is kind of in the vein of the the bad Sandler movies. You know, I put yeah. it up with there with the little Nicky. This and, is a Nick Swarsden thing, right? He's in it, but it's not... Oh, I thought it was his movie. No, he's the friend that works with him. Um, The main guy... Okay, so I had... You know this guy. So Sandler has this troupe, right? Every movie he does. Waterboy, Little Nicky... Big Daddy. I mean, yeah, I was thinking this was the movie that they, that they tried to like. There was a movie where that was supposed to be like Nick Swarston's big breakout movie. Oh no, no, oh, I know what you're no, talking about. No, that was uh, Dicky Roberts. Yes. Oh, that, that was no, David Spade. 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 But it's like that. Yeah. The name is like that. I know yeah. exactly. But no, so he has his troop. This guy, you know him. You know him. He his name is Alan Covert. I had no idea what his name was. He's been in every Sandler movie. You know what I mean? Like you know this guy is a Sandler guy, but I'm like, God, I can't believe I don't even know this actor's name. But he plays a guy that works at a company called Brainasium and they're a video game development company. And uh it's no no secret I like video games. I've talked about it before. So like I do appreciate the humor that goes with that. In the office there's a lot of fake posters for video games that are made up. There's a lot of uh homages and little and real video game stuff sprinkled in, but like there's a lot of uh parody posters and things. But anyway, he works at this company. Uh Kevin Nealon is the boss of this company. Uh there's a lot of people you'd know their name. Uh and the story basically kicks off that uh Ad- Alan Covert, the Sandler guy, his name is Alex. He's kicked out of his apartment, his room 
roommate doesn't pay the rent another sandler guy i have no idea what his name is but you know him. he's the guy that talks like with a really gruff voice like in the water boy yeah I know exactly that, i don't yeah, know yeah. what his name is but um he's in all those movies he doesn't pay the rent alex keeps paying him every month and then uh rob schneider shows up doing an indian impression like oh, an indian landlord yeah because that's what you could do i guess 15 years ago <laughs> it's rough like i'm like that doesn't hold up i'm watching this i'm like oh you can't do that but you know he's he's like doing his impression of the like landlord and you know why don't you pay me oh i give my money to this guy every month and and you know he pays you yeah not so much yeah so he gets kicked out he has to sleep at the office uh linda cardellini shows up uh kevin nealon hires her to oversee development of this new game they have coming out and so she uh she is like the boss of all the testers and the programmers and everything she finds him sleeping at his desk and they have their little meet cute there. Um, but so the whole story is he's trying to find a place to live. He goes to Nick Swartzen's house and Nick, Nick Swartzen is a, uh, he's like uh, a big, a man child. Yes. Basically he, he's in a ra- He uh, sleeps in a race car bed. He calls his roommates, his parents, his roommates. So he's like, my roommates say that if I'm good, they're going to get me <laughs> rims for my bed. Like it's stupid <laughs> yeah, jokes like that. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's really dumb. It's really bad, but there's lots of laughs. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> So the the part that gets him kicked out of living with Nick Swartzen is he finds when Swartzen's sleeping, he finds an action figure of Laura Croft and takes it to the bathroom, starts to <laughs> take care of himself, and Nick Swartzen's mom walks into the bathroom, he turns around and finishes. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's a it's a hilarious scene though. It's stupid, but it's it's funny, you know, and a lot of dumb comedy like that. So he he then has to go live with his grandma, and so uh, the grandparents are all people that you know. Um, you've got uh, the grandma is Doris Roberts. Her two roommates are Shirley Knight or Shirley Jones and Shirley Knight, and it's just about him, a guy living with his grandma, like who cooks for him who doesn't like bad language or anything you know and so he has to just navigate uh his romantic relationship with the linda carlini character living with the grandparents and there's also this the the villain of this movie you've seen it right yeah the villain it's awful <laughs> the villain the look it, it, on it, your face he's like uh-huh yeah i mean i wish other people had seen it to be able to chime yeah. in and the one person that did hates it so it's hard because i'm, I'm <laughs> free i'm just freestyling here i'm sure other people are listening enjoy this movie but the bad guy his name is jd and he's this whiz kid prodigy who basically founded this video game company he built it because when he was 13 he developed this like action fighting game and so now they're on the third installment and he's a total douche he dresses like neo from the matrix he's the guy he's the guy from dodgeball he's like the guy that gets with like the the unibrow german chick in dodgeball yeah yeah he's a skinny nerdy guy you've seen him in other comedies but he does a really great job of being a douche he he again he dresses like neo he rides around on a a segway is that what those are called the little remember they'll be the little carty things that you stand up on like the mall cop yeah yeah Yeah. he rides on a segway like way before that was popular like that's supposed to be high tech for this movie was Um, that ever popular yeah that was one of the biggest hype jobs that didn't turn into what it was supposed to right? be yeah. ever remember yeah exactly so but it's like but he's so rich and high tech that he has a segue you know like so yeah. um but he's a total douche and he tries to get with linda cardellini who wants nothing to do with him which makes sense and then alex ends up befriending her and they go to parties um this has a very young jonah hill in it it was in between his small bit part in 40 year old virgin and before super bad uh jonah hill looks a lot heavier like he i didn't even realize he was in this movie um but the scene that stands out in this if you've seen it is they're at a party and this must be a porn star or something but this girl with huge knockers she just 
takes him out and takes his head and he rests between them like for 20 seconds on camera like it's just like he's there it seems like an interesting day at the office but <laughs> yeah it's just a goofy movie it's it's a it's a stoner comedy i mean all the characters pretty much smoke weed and have dumb jokes and play video games but it's one of those movies that again you know it's bad but it makes you laugh it's so stupid and um a lot of quotable lines uh, a lot of things that people say that you don't even remember and like there's a clip from it like when the jd's phone goes off there's just one dumb thing but like it says when did i get a message and like people use that sound clip or say that i've heard them you know and it's like oh it's from that movie just dumb little catchphrases that you don't realize then i watched it last night again and i'm like it's funny it's stupid and i think it's the perfect deep fried taco that's, that's like a deep fried taco it is deep fried taco yeah. Yeah. It was left out for a while <laughs> it's a very i mean when you talk about it's a very like it's not like it had huge success i don't even know what it did in theaters but i mean that's an example of the home video oh, people yeah. renting Absolutely. it passing it around telling people about it that is the stoner comedy home video movie that like when you say it people that like those dumb movies like yeah, grandma's boy it's just it's something very likable and it's that whole sandler crew i mean they can make really bad dumb movies but they're guys that you know and they're guys that are dependable when it comes to stupid laughs right so. in theaters it made uh six million dollars on a three million dollar budget okay right. yeah i mean it, it doesn't take much it's just, i mean i'm surprised it's that low with all the tech stuff that they set up but you know i think there's probably a lot of advertisements in it because there are real video games uh there are like in the background of the office there are dell computer boxes stacked up back when dell was a thing like, right like they were the main computer company Dude, you're getting the dell yeah i mean yeah. dell used to be a thing talk about like super bowl commercials and pop popular commercials so like i saw in the office like that's not coincidence those dell right. boxes stacked up are an advertisement sure. so yeah I, I think they probably had some money to to help them out along the way uh but yeah i, I had a lot of fun with it so uh, if you like dumb sandler comedies i mean i think it's better than the stuff sandler's coming out with on netflix a- aside from that special i mean the dumb movies that, right. he's, that i've seen some of the footage for and i'm like yeah no like this was this is a fun movie in the vein of those other like little nicky is probably considered one of that's Sandler's, the worst like that's, that's one the, of those lower tier that's the one where it's like yeah. Yeah. but some people like little nicky so i mean like if you don't mind little nicky if you still enjoyed that level of sandler you will like this movie you know and if you don't you might not like this one but like it's that lower tier sandler fair uh i will say the director of this movie has done a lot of um stand-up comedy specials like he's directed nick swartzen's comedy special gotcha yeah he's obviously worked works in the sandler community uh so he's done a lot of their stand-up and he directed he was the co-director of that sandler special that everyone loves yeah sandler would definitely sticks with his people he does yeah, That's you gotta for sure Given that the loyalty so he directed a lot of that special everyone loves that i mean that special was cool with all the footage and uh-huh. the way they edited it so um but yeah grandma's boy okay all right so paul you're me i'm you no, I say you or me. <laughs> you go. Okay. So, uh, so my movie. I had. I have. When I reveal mine, I have no room to make fun of Kevin. Uh, so, uh, so this my, isn't. We don't come here to be oh, shamed. I know. <laughs> I know that's Lord. the whole point of this. <laughs> so I just been like rolling my eyes at Grandma's boy. I'm not. I'm not. Oh. I'm not in a radically different territory. Oh. So, uh, so mine. Uh, uh, you might remember this movie. Uh, there it does. Uh, have Maya Rudolph as a bride. Kristen Wiig is her best friend. So, of course, we're talking about MacGruber. Oh, I, man. I love MacGruber. I love MacGruber so too. much. Oh, yeah. So, so much. Wow. And it's, and it's, it's a dumb comedy. I honestly, when I saw this in the theater, like, I honest to Christ thought this movie was going to resurrect 
the SNL, <laughs> the SNL. characters sure, sure. going to the big screen. Were they going to make a sequel for this? I, I thought I heard word of a sequel. I don't know how oh, it didn't but, make any money. Yeah. It it made I think I it. <laughs> It's. I will say it's. I think it's a ten million dollar movie, and it looks great for yeah. a ten million dollar movie. And I, but I think it only made like six. It's so funny. <laughs> that, yeah, this is one of my favorite Will Forte things. I mean, I've definitely seen this, and I loved it. I I was mad that more people weren't talking about it. Yeah, it's dumb I th- fun. I think one of the things that worked against it is it does kind of uh, live in a very similar world as Team America: World Police. I can yeah. see that. Um. Because, you know, it's MacGruber, if you're not familiar with the character, I don't know how, but it was, uh, SNL character was like a parody of MacGyver, except he was really bad at his job, <laughs> right. and very cocky for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Bob would always count down, oh, let me just get this paperclip and this stick of gum, yeah. <laughs> explode, and, and he'd keep coming back every week on yeah. SNL. Yeah. And it was, what's funny is that, like, this movie really doesn't do that gag. No. It does it, like, one time. No. And you would think it would it would repeat that several times, like it, he would it, just be like exploded with soot on his face, like cause they can't kill him, but like right. he would just keep getting. But some sort of version of yeah. the count. They really only do the countdown thing one time, yeah. Which I think is smart. You wouldn't want to go to that well no. too terribly often. But it's the uh, Daffy Duck thing, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. But I just this movie is it's dumb and it's <laughs> crass. And I watched it again last night because I was just like, does it hold up What's, or did, did it just you, hit me in the right spot? And I was. Hit the right spot. I was embarrassed at how much it was making me giggle. <laughs> right, so exactly. So it's the same yeah. thing I did with Grandma's Boy. Can you give me the plot synopsis? I haven't seen MacGruber maybe since theaters. Like I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So what is it about? I, so he uh, he's basically trying to track down a supervillain who's going to launch a nuclear who's who's uh, stolen a nuclear warhead, and the the villain is uh, Dieter Kunth, which leads to a lot of jokes sure. about. How he's going to go pound cunt <laughs> and <laughs> and it, Paul is like, why did I do this episode? Yeah, no, <laughs> I just and, see the same. What I'm thinking about is when I remember the MacGruber character on SNL and thinking to myself, this is the sort of thing Lauren Michaels would turn into a major motion picture, and it'll be a minor motion picture, and it will be the end of Will Forte's career, uh, kind of like when Chris Kattan got that Night at the Roxbury. Not at the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which well, I honestly no, no no he did some he did like a, he was, he was like a special agent, Dickie oh, Roberts no <laughs> yeah. no you're right though he was yeah. that Corky Romano. Corky Romano. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. That's the one yeah. that killed it. Right. Because not yeah. the Roxbury was, was actually kind of funny. Would you guys like some cookies? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. I just remember so that was like in every trailer during the 90s. I think that was 90s when that came out or maybe early 2000s. But mm. I remember seeing TV spots over and over and all they would show or you'd remember is, would you guys like some cookies? Yeah. Chris, oh. that, was, that was the end of Chris. And Katana. that was yeah. it. I'm like, yeah. I'm calling it right now. Yeah. Well, uh, although uh, Will Forte has had, I mean, because he he's rebounded from this. Yeah, I mean, yeah last man on earth, Nebraska, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, apparently him and Val Kilmer became really good friends, and Val Kilmer oh, really? stayed at his house for like four months. Like he moved, he was moving back to L.A. and couldn't find a place, and he just crashed at Will Forte's house. And they became such good friends that they were they. They uh they loved to watch the Amazing Race. So and the, weird. And they were yes. go- they were going to apply to be on the Amazing uh, Race together as a team. Oh did, man! Did Kilmer get sick, and then Kilmer had like another job come up, and he's oh. like, "Well, I'm going to go take the job." But yeah. like you know, but they were like apparently they're like really tight. That's cool. And but I, Joe, you should love this movie because it it star it oh, has six. It has six. 
WWE what? superstars. Does it really? Is it a WWE movie? I don't think so. No, oh, it's, it's got to be an SNL movie. But, but. Uh, there's it's what's also funny. So there's a scene in the beginning where he's assembling his his dream team yeah. to go take down Kunth. Okay, I'm going to pronounce it as clearly as possible. <laughs> and uh, and so his team consists entirely of like WWE wrestlers. So it's uh, gorgeous George Dow. These are D- w- these are WCW guys. Diamond Dallas Page, Dalip Singh. Oh, it says the Great Kali. The Great Kali. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, the, did you see the the no. remake of <laughs> No Way? The remake of The Longest Yard. No. Okay. He's in that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's star- and Glenn Jacobs. It's Kane. Kane. Uh, Paul Wright. Uh, that's the big show. All right. Uh, Mark Henry. That's his Mark name. Henry. It's Mark Henry. Okay. <laughs> World's strongest man. And yeah. then uh, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Jericho. Chris Irvin, if you want to be technical. Antonio Burke Jr. MVP. Oh. That's what it says here parenthetically. That's but funny. What, what I think is Montel funny is, 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 uh. much, is much as people like like to rip on this movie for being dumb, like one of its biggest gags is completely ripped off in Deadpool. What is it? What's that? He assembles his dream team. Oh. And they're instantly killed. <laughs> like they do oh, a wow. they do a dream team montage where he's assembling all these people and he's going out. He's like, "Yeah, we're getting our team." And then like, and then they're sitting in a van that he's packed with C four that he could use later, and it like blows up and kills That's them all. Hilarious. Oh. That happens. That that makes me completely rethink how much I enjoyed that in Deadpool. That because yeah. you're right. That's completely ripped off. From yeah, there. Well, like, I had forgotten it. Ha- and as he's assembling the team, like, oh yeah, they like die right away. And then I was like. I'm like, oh, wait, am, am I thinking of Deadpool? Of Deadpool? Too, and then yeah. I was like, no, because I remember these guys aren't in the movie. Yeah. It's, right. it's, it is, it's him and Kristen Wiig. You get all these actors or these fam- whatever people yeah. for, you know, just a small clip. Yeah. Right. And then Ryan Phillippe is, <laughs> yeah, sure. is his, uh, his other part. Whatever, yeah. yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's just, it. I just love the like crazy non sequiturs and just these weird, like, turns like just the weird things that mcgruber says just and or that he's willing to do <laughs> like it's it it's really dumb it, but yeah. it is you're right it is but really it's really dumb. funny and you're yeah. also right and i i i kept like even as i'm like this is dumb i'm still laughing it's just so it's so weird that that the snl thing is gone like the the idea that i mean that was i almost it's feel gone? like they were well i mean, feel like they were creating characters to turn into movies like, like how, how did Kristen Wiig's Target Lady not get a movie? Exactly, or and Goat I, Boy? I think that's because you know? Kristen Wiig wouldn't do it. Probably, like, like you know, if you look at her career trajectory, it's very intentional. But like, she made Bridesmaids, and that was a huge movie, right? And she could have made a ton of movies like that, and she won't do it. No, you know, she's I, been smart because she realized that those SNL characters she did were stupid, right? right. Well, and also look at all the SNL actors and where are they? I'm right. not saying yeah, there's yeah, no there's... exception, but look at the Molly Shannons and the Chris Kattans and the. There's very few breakouts. Will Ferrell broke out. Who are the you know, Adam Sandler broke out? But... And uh, and Will Ferrell broke out not by taking an SNL character nope, right. and turning it into a film. He would create. He created new characters that had a little bit more depth that you could build a film around. Well, he did Superstar. Wait, but that's at a point where he didn't have a choice, right? And then he, he did, also did Night of the Roxbury, Roxbury. Yeah. right? But, yeah. even, but even look at the great SNL, like Phil uh, Hartman, Hartman and Dana Carvey. They could not make it in movies because they were sketch character yeah. actors, right. right? They didn't have lead character right. roles. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough. Phil Hartman, but they, I mean, maybe not on his own, but he had some great like supporting role. Yeah, like, he was okay. He, House he w- guest, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, he's been in News a lot. Radio. 
He was great. I have on a news slight radio. industry bias against the show. Okay, fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> I, I love Phil Hartman. Rest in peace. I, that ma- still Simpsons, makes me sad to this day. You know, like, the Simpsons, absolutely. I yeah, mean, yeah. that just makes me so sad to this day when someone, anyone that's young and talented, or, I mean, before their time, is di- especially in a tragic, terrible way. It's like it makes me so mad. He yeah. was the, the one of the very few people. There are probably a couple of others, but I can't think of them. Who was both a lead person on SNL and a utility player? Yeah, well, like you Tim can put Meadows. him in the. He, yeah, but not to the extent that Phil Hartman. No, that's was. true. But I mean, Tim, Tim Meadows didn't have like a Bill Clinton. No, like that's Phil true. Hartman had. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, but but you could put no, Phil Hartman the in the background the, of a scene, and he, he would be fantastic. Man. Name another one. I can't. <laughs> yeah. It was the ladies' man. Was his thing? He got a movie and out of it. Got a movie too. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But it's by like, the way, why was there no unfrozen caveman lawyer movie? It's a great question. That would have been right in that. And I think that could have maybe been a whole movie. Like I think that no, th- no, I think you could. I think <laughs> like th- to see like what he does outside of the courtroom in caveman style. Well, like, I think watch that, a Geico commercial. Yeah, I think that. I think that. <laughs> and I think that made movie. a movie, didn't they? Well, or it made they a were... TV show. Oh, yeah, that, that was that lasted for like a cup of coffee. Yeah. Right, but uh, but Phil Hartman's a fascinating guy. Oh, yeah, like I mean, oh, I mean, he also did like album covers, like drew them, like for very famous. He like wow. Yeah, like for he did uh, one for Poco and uh, America. Really? Yeah, and uh, he did a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and uh, yeah, he did that famous uh, America's Greatest Hits, where it's a drawing of the three. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he did that. Oh, and he did awesome. Steely Dan's Aja. Asia. Asia is that how you say it? Yeah, I never know how to say it, but yeah, that's how they say it in the song. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so into the just the smooth jazz aspect. I don't pay attention to the lyrics. But he also did that Poco horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's know? him. Yeah, I had no that's idea. Awesome. And he also uh, he also famously uh, wouldn't uh, would no longer speak to Paul Rubens because of the porn Be- incident. No, because he, he felt that he was co-creator of Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, and because oh. he was the original genie, and, he, and that came up through. I think they were the groundlings. The groundlings, yeah. yeah. And uh and and he kind of helped create a lot of the elements. I was going to say did he write? I don't see. I yeah. don't remember him being attached to actually writing any of Pee-wee's stuff. Well, by the, the time no he he helped at the sketch comedy oh, right, right, nightclub right. level right. and by the time it became a film and a TV show. Right. He had he'd kind of been. Gone. He'd been yeah. aced out. And but it he, was a stand-up special first. Yes, TV was a stand-up special. Because the stand-up special is a lot more for grown-ups. Right. Yes. Like it's you know it's more of a parody of and kids then, programming. And then someone saw it and was like, that could be a kids TV show because it wasn't crazy no. dirty. It was just like yeah. little things, and they were like, oh, just lose that, and we'll make yeah. it a kids show. And then he did the Broadway Resurgence like five or six years ago, and people were like, and, and to squash like people going, oh, that's for kids, right? It's Pee Wee. It's like, well, Pee Wee didn't start out as a kids show. He right. was, he did a stand up for adults, and it was just a goofy character, right? And then turned into the kids show. But it's the Broadway show is more like the original. Not that kids can't enjoy it, but right. it's still not just for kids. That the the Netflix movie was for kids, for a younger audience. Oh, that yeah. Netflix movie was absolutely. For it could a be enjoyed, audience. but I think adults just as much with nostalgia. I don't yeah. think it was for. It's not a kids movie, but it it isn't rated. But it like works a, a, on a kids yeah, level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I love that that Netflix movie. It was, it was it's lot, hilarious. It, yeah, it's it was, just yeah. If you like those old movies, I mean, I still love that that first Burton, the Pee Wee's mm-hmm. Big Adventure. Yeah. is the the yeah. first one. And then the second was Big Top. Pee-wee. But, yeah, I, that first one is awesome. I love that. And there's a great Blank Check episode. I Joe and I both love the Blank Check podcast, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners listen to that as well. And there's a really they're doing Burton right now, so they're going yeah. through his filmography. 
And uh, yeah, listen, I mean, Griffin Newman, who's an actor and is one of the hosts of this podcast, he has such an immense love. It's like one of his favorite movies. He grew up with uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure and the way he goes into the history of it and the character and Paul Rubin's history and Pee-wee history. Like, it's fascinating. So that's that's your uh, podcast recovery <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, so anyway, that's I, I love MacGruber. All right. Uh, well. Weird, weird movie. Yes. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> I like your response to that. So, uh, Paul, what have you? What have you got for well, us? Well, I had a, a tough decision here because I wasn't. The, there aren't really movies that I qualify as that bad. Like <laughs> you guys chose some stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> Would you qualify ours as bad? Well, I haven't seen yours, oh, okay. so I can't qualify it at all. Um, th- to me, movies that are that bad, you have to go back to like the last three Marx Brothers movies, but they're so bad. I can't like love happy, right? With a big which, which actually had Marilyn Monroe in it, or at the circus, or Go West. Four, the last four movies, they're just horrible, horrible movies that I watch only because I love the Marx right, Brothers, right? And that's the trouble with this too, because so I was talking to my wife Katie about this and my choice, and and when I was coming up with a movie over the weekend, and uh, she kept naming off movies that were bad, and I'm like, yeah, those are bad, but I don't like them. Like, <laughs> you, I can't talk about a movie that's just bad because everyone knows those are bad. I'm like, these are movies that are bad, but you love them despite that. So you can't just say, oh yeah, those Marx Brothers movies are bad. Well, we all know, and if you don't like it, then... You know, if you don't love right, it, right. then, yeah. Okay, th- and then I thought of The Last Action Hero, which you've already done on this I show. Have, <laughs> I do love that movie. So I have a movie here that I don't think is a stinker, but it made maybe $15 million at the box office, which at the time was something, considering it starred Ellen Barkin, who was coming off the Big Easy, Siesta, and Sea of Love, and was arguably one of the top five female box office stars in the country in 1991. And it was written and directed by Blake Edwards, hmm. the guy who had done all those Pink Panther movies. Yeah. And it convinced his wife, Julie Andrews, to drop her top in SOB a few years earlier. And he did 10, too, right? The, and he made 10, exactly. Yeah. The, the movie is called Switch. And it came out in 1991. To the Googles. Hmm. Yes, to the Googles. <laughs> Never heard of it. Now, Switch came out after the body switch movies like Big and oh. 16 Again and vice versa. Yeah. Those all came out within a three-year span. They were all about an older man switching places with a younger boy or something like Freaky Friday, which was a mom switching places with her daughter. Blake Edwards thought, what if I have a man switching places with a woman and he's the oh. same person? So here's the plot of this movie. Okay. Perry King is an advertising executive named Steve. Before you get too far in this, I will say, I think you picked a perfect movie for what we're doing. Okay. Like, you know, like, I think, because I, I don't think this is a movie that was very well loved. No, it wasn't. And so, like, no, I think I, you've, you've nailed it. So okay, good. I know you were a little concerned if you picked properly. I just want to give you the comfort of knowing that for whatever it's worth, oh, I good. think you've, you've nailed it. Okay. Uh, Perry King is a successful advertising executive who's also an extreme womanizer. He's one and done with various women, or he only is using them for sex, whatever. Uh, He ends up getting killed by three of the women who find out that he's also sleeping with the other two, and they all get together (laughs) and and hang up on him and kill him. And so he goes into the afterlife, and he cannot get into heaven unless he can find one woman, any one woman who loved him, during his adult life. Not when he was a kid and a little boy and his mommy loved him, but any adult woman who loved him or any female human being, a girl, would be okay <laughs> if he could find one who loved him. And 
To make it worse, they send him back to Earth as a woman. I remember this movie. And the woman is played by Ellen Barkin, who at the time was just incredibly hot, both as a box office star and in terms of the way she looked. Wow, so she had to play him. She's playing a woman who is really a man. And you yeah. know the awkwardness that Tom Hanks was able to get of being a little boy right, who's yeah. entering the adult world? Well, this is a grown man who's entering the woman's world, but is also still a grown man. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, she'll go to... she she. The, here's where the movie gets a little bit stupid. She calls herself Amanda and says she's Steve's, Perry King's character, long-lost sister. They knew each other, but they hadn't seen each other in a long time, which is why he had never told anybody mm -hmm. he had a sister. And so she comes in, and she takes over his office at the advertising agency. Oh, because that can happen. Because that happens right? all the time. Right. <laughs> Tony Roberts is the boss, and she kind of puts the moves on him, and he lets her do this. Jimmy Smits was Steve's best friend and wingman, mm -hmm. and they because Jimmy Smits would be the wingman. Not, of course. Yeah, not, it's, yeah. Almost <laughs> like, it's, it's almost like action. It's, it's Carl Weathers doing a front flip over uh, a speeding Ford LTD. Never going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah, not in, not in any world is that ever going to happen. Right. So uh, so she comes back, and, and she's uh, Ellen Barkin, and uh, when she wakes up in the morning, remember that scene in Big where he finds out that he's big, he looks down in his underpants? <laughs> yeah. well, well, he looks down under his blouse and looks down and sees Ellen Barkin's breast there. He's like, whoa! I may be a woman, but I'm an impressive woman. Um, and he has to figure out how to walk in tight dresses and in high heels, which is always looks impossible to me as a guy. I like how you pause real quick. It always looks impossible. <laughs> so I as a man, there's no way I could figure that out. No, no, not none whatsoever. And she goes to the office and she befriends the Jimmy Smith's character. She knows all the things about the Jimmy Smith's character because Steve told me all about you. Well, he was your long lost brother. Nobody knew you were around, but she knows everything about him because she's really Steve. And so now they hang out and they're going to bars together. And she, like when she would sit down for a meeting, she would sit the way a guy would sit with her legs kind of spread yes, apart. I, not, yes, not the yes. way a woman would. She scratches herself the way a guy would. She plays the role so perfectly. There's a great moment early on. And my wife actually loves this scene where she's at her desk and she's she's working on something and her hair keeps falling down and she pushes it back. She says, how do you think with all this hair? <laughs> and later on, she actually gets a bob cut yeah. just to get all that hair off of her head. Um, it doesn't quite work because of some of the stupid stuff and the way he Blake Edwards brings it around at the end where Jimmy Smith's character sleeps with Ellen Barkin's character, not knowing that it's really Steve. They both get drunk one night and they end up in bed. And of course, she gets pregnant. And <laughs> oh boy, whoa! <laughs> and then the last scene in the movie is she's giving birth and she gives birth to a little girl. And because that little girl loves her mommy, now Perry King character can get into heaven. Oh. The Ellen Barkin character well, that's a, dies. Oh, that's a clever resolution. Oh, yeah. she dies during birth, yes. childbirth. So that yes. way, it's like the well, what happens to him now is this woman. Okay, y yes. So oh. she can. So she can. Okay, so it brings it around. That's it's okay. I feel like that's pretty that's smart. A clever resolution. It's kind of like a gender swap. Uh, uh, heaven can wait. Yes, exactly. Didn't yeah. they do that? No, and kind of like Carousel. I mean, wasn't there a gender with swap? With him having when it, coming back as an angel to, uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. But but the the thing that makes this work is the, many of the scenes with Ellen Barkin and Jimmy Smith's work because they have crackling chemistry, sure. both sexual and comedic. Uh, it really really works. But it's Ellen Barkin 
who at the time, and I was with my wife at the time, I, I, ref- I, was, I had such a crush on Ellen Barkin, I referred to her as my future ex-wife. <laughs> um, she was just so great in this role, and she was doing stuff on screen that nobody had really seen her do before. Ever since Diner had introduced her in 1983 and through some of those other movies, she had not been a comic actress. And here, she knocks it out of the park. So she was, was she in the third Oceans movie? Yes, she was in Ocean's Thirteen, and she was fu- she was very funny in that as well. Yeah, she was fine. Yeah, she gets seduced by Matt, Matt Damon, Damon because of the thing because it plays. Yes, yeah, that's the yeah the nose the nose plays the nose plays. Yeah. that's right. Um, so never seen those movies. That is insane. I to just me. they never had any interest. I I, I haven't seen them, but the fr- the, Man, first the first one yeah. is not the real first one. No, not the Frank Sinatra. Oh no, yeah. I love the. I'm talking about that's good that's too. Good, but I love that one. Oh, yeah. that's a, it's a fun movie. <laughs> yeah, but, but Ocean's Eleven. I think like, I saw Eleven when I was in middle it, school. That's or whatever, a lot of fun. I've never seen the other. Eleven is amazing. Thirteen gets a little ahead of itself, or ten, twelve gets ahead of itself. Thirteen, thirteen brings it back in, and eight. Eight was eight I, was not good. I actually did not think thirteen was all that good. The movie that's up there with the quality of Ocean's Eleven is Logan Lucky. Yeah, yeah. I, boy, I wanted to like that movie and it just did not work. I for liked me. Logan that's the, Lucky. That's the Daniel Craig one, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I bought I bought that one pretty shortly after it came out on digital. I'm like, I just thought it was really good. Yeah, it was funny. Clever. I no, wanted oceans. to like it so yeah. much and it just did not work. No, for me. Too bad. You know, the Switch actually led not the Switch. That's Sorry. a different movie. That's Jason that's Bateman. Bateman. Sorry, Switch. No, you're right though. Switch. Led to uh, it, it's a it's a running gag on Mr. Science Theater three thousand. Is it? Oh, really? Yeah. So apparently, when the commercial came out, it had this weird phrasing where they would say uh, it was like, uh, "Oh, I know what it was." Ellen Barkin, the switch. Jimmy Smith's rated PG rated R. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was yeah. Ellen Barkin switch Jimmy Smith's. Rated and so, R. but they didn't say Ellen Barkin and Jimmy Smith's or Ellen Barkin switch. With yeah, Jimmy Smith, right. also started. That's they weird. just said the title and then Jimmy Smith's, Smith's name. It was name. like Switch was a wrestler, and they were naming three people: <laughs> right. Ryan Barkin, Switch, and Jimmy Smith. And so on on MST3K, whenever someone in the in a movie will say the word Switch, <laughs> one of the one of the bots will will say Jimmy, Jimmy Smith's. Smith's. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's pretty so, funny. That's, a little, that's funny. I probably heard that. and Had no idea what that meant. Yeah, to, uh, well, which is one of the joys of the show, yeah, right? That yeah. the jokes are so fast and furious. Like you don't have to get them yeah, all. Right. Like they're they're just like it's it doesn't great. matter. You'll get the next one. It's see, and and the people that get that joke, it makes them fall in love with the show. Even that's more. true. That's very you know, true. It's part of the brilliance of the show. And I'm, I also read in the, the the trivia on this that apparently there was a, a sex scene with. With uh, Ellen Barkin and Lorraine Bracco. Oh, I forgot to mention. Oh, that. really? Yes. Oh. L- Lorraine Bracco plays uh, the head of a perfume company, uh, and Ellen Barkin's character wants the account, and she goes over there. And uh, Lorraine Bracco's character is lesbian and incredibly attracted to Ellen Barkin. Oh, and, and she's and, really a man, so it's like, of course. And the, yeah, Steve he, yeah. inside of He's her, attracted to her. He's looking at her, and then he's thinking to himself, wait, wait, wait a second, I love women, I love making love to women, but now I'm a woman, and so it gets awfully I weird. It, it doesn't quite work. That's part of this movie that doesn't quite work. Blake Edwards couldn't nail every, well, nail is the wrong word. He, <laughs> he couldn't get everything right in this movie, and that's why I think it failed. Is he thinking in her head? 
you don't hear him, okay. but you can see her, because Barkin's so good in this role, you can see her pulling back as if she's Steve thinking that. Okay, because I'm like, but because it's her performance yes. trying to be him, but right. I was wondering if he did any like, no, thought bubbles. No, or, okay. thank God there's oh. no narration or any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, the what he's thinking could have been it's totally, like It's totally on her face and in the way okay. she acts it. Got it. She's so good in that role. Huh. I'll have to check that out. I, I've that was an it. HBO flick that I remember seeing on HBO. Yeah, it shows, yeah. It shows a lot. Right. It also reminds, it sounds, uh, kind of reminds me of All of Me. Yes, with Steve Martin it's, and Lily, Lily Tomlin. Tomlin. Yeah, it's kind of a forgotten Steve Martin movie, but it's really good. And it's uh, where it's one of those high concept yeah. kind of movies. But Lily Tomlin plays someone who's really rich, who's going to die, and she hires this swami to take her spirit. I believe Vincent Schiavelli. Yeah, the guy, the guy who was uh, from uh, Ghost. Yeah, and he he was the the biology teacher in, in Fast, Fast Times 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 Hot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, and so she hires him to put her spirit into this other woman, uh, and and he misses. He misses, <laughs> and she goes into uh, Steve Martin. And the premise was that this other girl was basically going to kill herself, and at that that exact moment, they would put the spirit into her. Oh, and, I see. or they so would it's move not like they would, taking someone's they life. They would move her spirit into something else, right. like, into a horse, I think. into a bowl. Oh no! It, the yeah, bowl was the transfer thing right. because there's an ongoing put, put back it, in bowl, put, put it back in bowl, back in a bowl, back in a bowl, and uh, but and so she goes into Steve Martin, and so Lily Tomlin controls half of his body, oh. and, and from a physical comedy standpoint, oh, it's man. very similar to Liar Liar. Okay, um, okay, but uh, but it's it's a really funny movie, and I don't know why of all the Steve Martin movies that it's kind of become forgotten. Yeah. I agree. It's a it's a really really I good love Steve Martin so much. His performance in that movie. Is completely the reason that movie works. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, there are scenes where he'll walk in front of a mirror and instead of seeing himself, he'll see Lily Tomlin. Right. And so that's how they can interact. But, you know, he goes to a urinal and he needs her help to unzip and, you know, all <laughs> Yeah, because like, she controls, like, the left half of his body right. or something. Yeah. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. not, and, and, and there are times where one character wants to go to the left and one character wants to go to the right. And Steve Martin has to He's do both to- of those. And he does it so brilliantly. Yeah, and then there's a part where, like, for some reason, like, he's asleep or gets knocked out, and then she has to to completely take over. Oh. And, and, and like, he's a lawyer, and so he's trying a case, and so she doesn't know anything about the law. She's a wing it. And she has to act like a man, <laughs> but it's really all, obviously, Steve Martin doing it. It's, it, it's a it's a funny movie. Yeah. He's a, yeah. But Liar he's Liar so, isn't a remake of that, I, right? I know. Like when I saw Liar Liar, I'm like, how is nobody talking about all of me? This because I, I had never even heard of it. So that's yeah. probably why most he's a, people. He's so brilliant. That's a good one to put on a list. All yeah. So uh, there you go. Anyway, there are your deep fried tacos. Things it. to go find round, and see if round five if we are right or wrong. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's it for this one. Let's uh, go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Paul on Twitter at Paul Harris Show. And this is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Uh, don't forget, if you want to chime in with your own deep fried taco, we would love to hear it. So feel free to uh, run on over to Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers and let us know what movie you're embarrassed to love or what movie you will fight for, even though people tell you That's you're right. dumb for liking it. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Real Spoilers and, of course, our Patreon account at Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. So that's it for this one. Uh, coming up next week, I guess it's Lego Movie 2. I think yeah. you're right. So I'm out. Part. Oh, that no. first one was great. Have <laughs> I'm you seen, out. Have you seen the first no, one? I'm out on both. Oh. It's really good. <laughs> oh, the first, first one's, one's so very clever. good. The first one's so good. like, it's like Toy Story level good. It's really funny. Oh, yeah. Really funny. Yeah.
Agreed. really funny. Yeah. Lord and Miller, they're geniuses. I've since ever since Claudia with a chance of meatballs, which was my first yeah. I mean, you know, film impression. I probably saw T V shows they worked on, but like well, they, they were writers on How I Met Your Mother. Right, exactly. Yeah. But like when I saw Claudia with a chance of meatballs and I'm I mean, I read that book when I was a kid, but the movie's nothing like it. Right. So I didn't even really connect that. So I just saw the movie and I'm like, This is great. All those gags, yeah. all the ones that come back. I Such mean we've talked about movie. it. Love we yeah. both I think saw the screening. We were both at the theater and like at after we're like what the hell real, like I, I was dreading yeah going to that movie we were both like amazed like that was really good yeah so uh so anyway that's what you have forward to look look that's what you have to look forward <laughs> we'll to get there. for next week uh fifth time's a charm <laughs> we only done 450 of these things cut me a little slack so fifth deep fried taco though so okay. was, yeah. yeah so uh anyway thanks for tuning in and until next time you've been warned i'm heading out and all i'm taking with me is my phone wallet keys yeah phone wallet keys just those three things, please. Need my phone, wallet, keys. Got my credit cards in my wallet. Got my phone, you can call it. Master lock on my front door. That's all my mother keys up on my phone. Wallet, keys, yeah, phone, wallet, keys. Good things come in trees. Need my phone, wallet, keys. If I'm going to the zoo, I need my phone, wallet, keys. If I'm getting a face tattoo, I need my phone, wallet, keys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.